Psalm 133, we are on our 14th installment of our sermon series on the Psalms of Ascent, Walking with the Lord. And so we're almost there. You've almost made it. Psalm 133, this is God's holy and authoritative word to us. A song of ascents of David. Behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would take your truth contained here within the word of God and apply it to our hearts into our lives, that we may be changed. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. I can't stand it when people quarrel and fight. It just grates on my bones and on my hearts. It leaves me heavy to see, especially when God's people quarrel and fight. There are definitely certain situations and certain times that is appropriate to disagree with one another, perhaps times like when the truth of the gospel is denied, or when certain things happen within our church or our schools or in our community that clearly go against what the Bible teaches, or when the Lord Jesus Christ is disgraced at some point. At these points, it's okay to disagree and to quarrel and to fight, but these Disagreements that oftentimes happen between friends and relatives. When we honestly look at our hearts and we look at the situations, we see that oftentimes it is because of pettiness. Petty things like jealousy and pride. And when you get right down to it, it's our prideful, selfish, sinful hearts that cause most of the problems, especially when there is disunity or conflict. But as believers in Christ, as a New Testament church of the living God, as the local church, we are to strive for unity. That is what Psalm 133 has to teach us. Walking with the Lord in fellowships with the saints This is the kind of unity that God blesses. This is the kind of unity that David says is good. Psalm 133, as we've already said, is the 14th Psalm in the Psalms of Ascent. Psalms 120 through 134. This little hymn book that we find in the Psalter that would help the pilgrims as they would travel to the annual feast to celebrate the Holy Days, which is where we get our term holiday. They were celebrating holy days, which were holidays. Psalm 133 is one of four psalms in the Psalms of Ascent composed by King David. 
And it's very fitting that Psalm 133 by King David would follow Psalm 132, which was all about the covenant that God made with King David. In Psalm 133, we have a testimony that King David gives, and he is rejoicing in the blessings that God gives when his people dwell together in unity, and there is peace. Psalm 133 is a a wisdom psalm. It has something to teach us. It has some wisdom to impart to us. So what is that wisdom? It is simply this. When God's people live together in peace and in unity, he blesses them. When God's people live together in peace and in unity, he blesses them. So let's explore this psalm in three parts by looking at the blessing of unity, the two pictures of unity, and the promise of unity. The first there is the blessing of unity that we find in verse 1 where he says, Behold, which means, look, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. As we observed last week in Psalm 132, the pilgrims had finally made it to Jerusalem to celebrate the holy days, to be there with all of God's people, to worship and to offer sacrifices. And we discussed how the means of grace, all the temple sacrifices, all the symbolism, all the imagery was there to strengthen people's faith as they gathered together to offer sacrifices. But now that the pilgrims had arrived in Jerusalem and they were gathered together there with throngs and throngs of other travelers, they're now packed into the city and packed into the temple courts. And now David recalls as he observes this large gathering of God's people, it is good. It's it's fun. (laughs) It's exciting. When all of God's people are gathered together in unity for one purpose. It would be very weird this morning if it was just me and my family in this church. It would be weird for the knights to come forward and baptize their child with no one here. It's it's sweet when God's people are gathered together to fellowship and to worship the Lord And to have one purpose, one goal in mind. Just a few weeks back, one of your elders and myself, John Bice, were in Houston for the annual gathering, the general assembly of all the churches, the PCA elders gathered together in Houston, Texas. And it's pretty sweet. It's pretty fun to be gathered together with literally five, six thousand people to worship the Lord as one church, as one body. Those type of gatherings, that type of unity is sweet. It's fun. And that's kind of what's going on here in Psalm 133. Unity with brothers and sisters in the Lord is very sweet to our souls. It is profoundly biblical when we gather together with other believers into fellowship. Our Lord Jesus even says this in Matthew 18 when he says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Christ 
delights in the unity of his people. Christ dwells in the unity of his people. Psalm 133 is really the Old Testament equivalent of what's going on in Acts chapter 2. Turn with me in Acts chapter 2 very briefly. Our Sunday, adult Sunday school classes have been going through the entire book of Acts for almost a year now. We've looked at many different themes. At the founding of Cornerstone, there's this passage, Acts 2, verses 42 through 47, which is very much at the heart of our church and comprises our mission statement. Let me read Acts 2, 42 through 47, and observe some of the common themes that we read about in Psalm 133. And they, and that is the New Testament church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. We see even here in the New Testament this sweet picture of unity and of fellowship among God's people. How they were sharing with everyone and getting along and rejoicing in the Lord. And it is good, it is pleasant to have this type of fellowship in unity with one another But let me ask you, brother or sister, do you feel like something is missing in your walk with the Lord? Do you feel dry and apathetic in your walk with the Lord? I think we've all felt this way at one point or another. Last week, As we looked at Psalm 132, we made the application that the means of grace in our church are for our blessing and to strengthen us in our walk with the Lord. And this week, the application goes further by showing us that fellowship, true biblical fellowship, gathering together with other brothers and sisters in Christ for one common purpose, to worship the Lord in the local church, brings unity and it brings blessing to you. It is good for you to be here. It is good for you to be with brothers and sisters in Christ in unity. And that is what is missing when we try to walk with the Lord on our own. God did not design it that way. He designed us to be together with brothers and sisters in Christ in unity. Eugene Peterson said this about this psalm. 
For centuries, this psalm was sung on the road as throngs of people made the ascent to Jerusalem for festival worship. Our imaginations readily construct those scenes. How great to have everyone sharing a common purpose, traveling a common path, striving toward a common goal, that purpose and goal being God. How much better than making the long trip alone. How good, how delightful it is for all who live together like brothers. That is the blessing of unity this psalm speaks of. And to illustrate this, to help us to get this picture, to understand what it's like, David records in verses 2 and 3 two very illustrative similes to describe the unity of believers. Now, let me take you back to grammar school, and trust me, I had to go look this up. I'm terrible at grammar. A simile. It's a comparison between two things using like or as. Thank you, teachers, for nodding. Please correct me if I'm messing up. (laughs) We have two similes here stated in Psalm 133. David is saying how good and how awesome it is when Christians live together in unity. The fellowship among the saints is sweet. And he goes on to say it's like oil and dew. And these pictures of oil and dew serve as a theological example and a geographical example. So first we see here a theological example of oil. The psalm says that when brothers and sisters live and interact together in unity and have peace, that is like the precious oil being poured on the head and beard and clothes of Aaron. Now, I had waffles for breakfast this morning, and I poured syrup on them. And if you poured oil or syrup all over me this morning, it'd be a little, what's the word, icky. (laughs) It'd be a little little gross, a little uncomfortable. What what in the world does this mean? How is having oil poured all over you a a blessing? How is that a, a picture of unity? Well, the Bible explains this for us, thankfully, (laughs) because in Scripture, oil is a sign of the presence of God. It's a sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So this particular illustration is describing the anointing of Aaron in the Old Testament, we find in Exodus, who was the first and great high priest of God's people, Israel. Aaron was the brother of Moses, and he was appointed by God to be the very first priest in the administration of the sacraments, of the worship in the tabernacle. So in Exodus 29 and 30, and also in Leviticus 8, we find great details about how a a special formula of oil was to be created and used to consecrate or set apart the high priest for his priestly service in the tabernacle. This oil was not to be duplicated. It was not to be used for any other purpose except to set apart, to consecrate the high priest. Aaron was anointed every time he went before God in the Holy of Holies to represent the people And he was 
covered with this special oil and that it was poured all over him. And this pouring of this oil, it was lavished. It, it went everywhere. It, run, it would run all over his hair, his beard, his clothes, and just cover him. This picture of oil running all over Aaron is deeply symbolic of the rich blessings that God gives his people through the high priest. God blesses his people richly by blessing or setting apart the high priest. And so Aaron was anointed to represent the people of God. And therefore, as the priest, he was going to intercede to God on behalf of the people by making sacrifices. So it was through his ministry as the high priest that the people of Israel had access to God and that God would bring his blessing upon the people. So in verse 2, Aaron, the high priest, he's the focus of attention. No blessing can come to God's people without his priestly intercession because this is the way that God prescribed it to work. In the Old Testament, God blesses his people through the intercessory ministry of the high priest. But very easily, your minds can jump to the New Testament here. And hopefully, you can easily see the New Testament analogy here that we as New Testament believers, as modern day believers, we have a great high priest who is a priest forever. He is the Lord Jesus Christ. In one way, this psalm, Psalm 133, is teaching us to look to Christ. Look to Jesus Christ as our great high priest. He pours out his blessing upon us. And just like the oil that flows over Aaron's head and beard and clothes, so does the blessing of Christ flow down on us when we live with our brothers and sisters and neighbors together in unity. God pours out his spirit through his son, Jesus Christ. Does not the blessing of God flow down into your soul as you worship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, standing together in unity? Is not your heart refreshed and built up as you are sitting next to those whom you love and whom love you and whom love the Lord Jesus Christ? It is because of what Christ has done, his bloodshed on the cross for our sins, that we stand together with our brothers and sisters in unity and we, we worship. The Lord blesses our fellowship. His, his blessing is lavish upon us this morning. It's like sweet oil, lavish oil of the Holy Spirit being poured out. And it's even more so this morning as we've had a baptism we will have the supper. So that's the theological example. There is also a geographical example in verse 
3, the dew of Hermon. The psalm says that when brothers and sisters in Christ live and interactive and worship together in unity and peace, it is like the dew of Hermon descending on the mountains of Zion. Again, a very strange comparison here. What does it mean? I've never been to Israel. I've never been to the Holy Land. That is something I would like to do one day. But as I have read, Mount Hermon is the great mountain in the northern part of Israel. It's the tallest mountain you could see from Jerusalem. It's around 9,000 feet above sea level. It's a big mountain. By contrast, Montesano that we're on right now is only about 1,600 feet. So imagine four times the size, and you're almost to the size of Mount Hermon. Apparently, you can see Mount Hermon very clearly, and the pilgrims would have seen it very clearly, as you travel through the Holy Land. And its peak is often snow-capped because it is so high in elevation. And because of its cold peaks, there's a a carpet of, of condensation that forms on the lower parts of the mountain. And so this makes the mountain well known for its heavy precipitation of youth, of youth, of dew that, that covers the surrounding mountains. It's a refreshing dew in a sense it's God's built-in sprinkler system for the area. This illustration is that the blessing of God is like waking up in the morning after a long day or weeks of travel and you're covered with the dew from Mount Hermon. Now I saw some of your reactions. You went, Ugh, that's not exactly a good time to me. <laughs> that doesn't sound very refreshing and pleasant, but picture this. You're an Old Testament pilgrim traveling through the desert, through the hot lowlands. You're parched, you may be low on water, you're hot. You're longing for anything refreshing, and you wake up in the morning covered with this dew, and you slept comfortably and peaceably through the night because you were cooled off and refreshed by this dew because you had no air conditioning. This was a rejuvenating experience for the travelers to be covered in this dew. So think of it this way. What, what is your favorite spot? Where do, you, where do you like to go on vacation with your family? That is what the blessing of God is like. It's like being in another place. It's like being refreshed and rejuvenated because you are in a place you're longing to be. And for the pilgrims, it was to worship at these holy days, these holidays. So when the dew of heaven falls, it changes and refreshes everything it comes into contact with. This is what we need to be praying for and striving for as a church and in other places that we fellowship with believers, that God would be praised by his people and the dew of his heavenly blessing would fall upon us and unite us. So we should pray for spiritual showers, heavenly dew to flood our lives in our places of fellowship. So it would refresh us like the dew of Hermon.
So we see the, the blessing of unity, and we see how unity was illustrated, and last we see at the end of verse 3, the promise of unity. We find the promise that comes strangely to us in the form of a command. When brothers and sisters in Christ are gathered together in unity, Yahweh God commands their blessing, their joy, their happiness, their welfare, their goodness and love. It is good when those who are one in Christ gather together and worship. The Lord bestows His blessing upon those who gather in His name. And the sweetness of this fellowship, the unity of believers, it culminates in the gathering together of these believers in Jerusalem to experience the blessing that they would see and receive and hear from the priests life forevermore. Fellowship, unity, Gathering together, it's about life forevermore, the psalm says. And this is a foretaste, this is a picture of heaven. And look in verse 3 again, Yahweh God commands our blessing. He commands our joy together. Perhaps this psalm is a little too nostalgic for us. Perhaps it's too picturesque of what unity should be like. But that is the point. That is the goal of our worship, of our gathering together, our unity. That it would be a foretaste of heaven. The Lord blesses those times when His people gather together in His name and worship in unity. So the application is, and I'm literally preaching to the choir this morning, (laughs) you need to be here. Your brothers and sisters that aren't with us this morning, they need to be here in church, in worship, together, because God has commanded our joy for this time together. The writer of Hebrews encouraged the believers in this matter. In Hebrews 10, he says, And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. He said, as some are in the habit of doing, but meet together to encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. The unity, the bond that we have in Jesus Christ, it's like no other. It's because of the gospel because of the good news that we dwell together, that we are unified in a bond that cannot be broken. And that is why also we come this morning to celebrate this unity mill that unites us, that brings us all together in Christ as a church to spiritually nourish us as we have a family meal together. So prepare your hearts. Let's pray. Father, we thank you ultimately that you have brought unity to us. Because you yourself are one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We thank you that you pour out your blessing upon us as we gather together in your name. And so, Father, help us. Help us to live out this model of unity and help us to see that you have commanded 
our joy to be in fellowship together with the saints. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.